As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welcome to the Chronic Podcast with host Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of thesaintsnation.com, Kevin Held of The Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Bing! Take that to the bank. L-B. Those are the only letters that matter because the Saints are hemorrhaging linebackers. Kevin's going to get his horse Now here's your host, Ralph Malpro. Before I get to Andrew, Dave, and Kevin, and we recap the Saints' win over Arizona, we're kind enough to join by Kevin Nogle of the Finsider, Miami Dolphins blog. And, and as people who read my column uh, about the Saints and follow this podcast, Kevin, they know my wife is a insane Miami Dolphin fan. So unlike other teams when I have the guests on, I feel like I'm actually prepared for this interview because I have seen every Dolphin game since 2008, and there's so much to discuss. Um, first of all, 3-0, and looking yes. good, two close wins, and Tannehill, is he a franchise quarterback? I, I believe so. I, I say that with the caveat that he's still a developing one. So he's not Andrew Luck coming in day one, ready to be your guy, but he is developing into one. And normally with a quarterback like that, you usually see him sit for a year, sit for two years. Instead, the Dolphins put him out there last year, let him go out there and get beat up, let him make his rookie mistakes. So that way, when they come back this year and they reload with all the offensive weapons around him, he's already passed all the rookie and first year jitters. So I think he's developing into one nicely. I think we're going to see that over the course of this year, he's going to continue to progress. And next year, he's really going to be the guy. Yeah, I mean, he to me, looking at him last year, he, he made a lot of rookie mistakes. And sort of the quintessential Ryan Tannehill moment that summed everything up was the Seattle game where he makes the horrible interception. And you're like, oh, my God, you dumb rookie. And then he they have the penalty, so he gets to do it again. <laughs> And he makes a great throw and they win. Yep. He never seemed overwhelmed, um, which is good because you can see sometimes rookie quarterbacks like Blaine Gabbert, you're like, that dude just doesn't have it. He he just – the lights are too big. Tannehill, you know, he, he never seemed overwhelmed. And I think sometimes in NFL nowadays, Kevin, it's like, oh, we want our rookie quarterback to be RG3. We want him to be Matt Ryan. You just plug him in, and if you don't win 11 games the first year, he's a bust. We need somebody right. else. Um, so I think he's come along good. Uh, how has the addition of Mike Wallace – it seems to me that it's really helped the offense, especially Hartline and Henry Clay. And if you had Dustin Keller, that would be even better. But ha- even though Wallace has only had one really good game out of three, are the fans sort of pleased with him or what's what's the thoughts on him so far? I think that a lot of fans want to see that – 60-yard deep ball, Wallace streaking down the sideline. And they're a little frustrated that they haven't seen it yet. 
But at the same time, they also realize he's doing a lot of what we need him to do. He is getting deep. He's making teams slide that safety over the top of him. And now you're seeing uh, Hartline, Clay, Brandon Gibson, all these other guys get open in the middle of the field or on the opposite side of Wallace. And it's making it so that the passing attack is there. So is he? are we seeing what Wallace wants to be seen or what fans want to see from Wallace? Probably not, but we're having success because of Wallace. So it's a good move. It's just not going to show up on the stats every single week. Yeah, and the interesting thing with the Dolphins is for this game, Kevin, the, the Saints and the Dolphins kind of mirror each other in that the Dolphins can't really run the ball uh, except for a couple long runs from Miller. Um, the Saints are having a big-time issue protecting Drew Brees. The Dolphins are having an issue protecting their quarterback. Um, so how is the Dolphins' offensive line? It doesn't seem to be getting better. In fact, I felt like it took a big – even though they won against Atlanta yesterday, I felt like they took a big step back and – Tannehill got the crap beat out of him, and it showed me I like Tannehill much more after yesterday watching him, but it also, as a Dolphin fan, it would concern me that he got the crap kicked out of him by a mediocre Atlanta pass rush. It's definitely a concern. The offensive line has to get better, but at the same time, some of those sacks, and he got sacked five times against the Falcons, some of those sacks were not the offensive line. Uh, Clay missed a a horrible block that he tried to do on one. Um, Daniel Thomas missed a block. So that's two running backs out there or tight end slash running back, whatever Clay's lined up at at the time. So that's happening. And then Tannehill has a habit right now of, for some reason, he doesn't want to run. And everybody knows he was a wide receiver in college for his first two years. So he has the ability to run. But he wants to sit in that pocket and wait for those receivers to get open. And at times, it's six seconds before they're open, and the defensive ends are getting there in four seconds. So he doesn't have the – his clock in his head isn't quite there yet. So he's going to learn. Um, he's just got to either take off running or throw the ball away. Yeah, I mean, and how much does the shoulder injury maybe play into him not wanting to run at this very moment? It's interesting because his shoulder was injured in the third quarter of the game against the Colts. He finished that game completely. Uh, Matt Ryan, or Matt Ryan, now I'm talking about the Falcons. Matt Moore <laughs> never got up to warm up, and it never looked like Tannehill was coming out of the game. He then was limited in practice throughout the week. Friday, he fully practiced, went into the game, and played the entire game. So – what exactly is wrong with his shoulder? We're not really sure. At this point, it seems like it was mostly a bruise maybe mm -hmm. or just really sore muscles. And the team went, you know what? We'll make him limited on Wednesday. He won't do a full practice. The Dolphins are doing the Thursday off day this, this year instead of the normal Tuesday like everybody else in the league. So if they gave him Wednesday and Thursday off, simply let his shoulder feel better, that, that's what it seems like. But it very much so could be a, hey, my shoulder's a little gimpy. If I if I run, somebody's going to take a shot at it. Because he he runs 
different than any quarterback I've ever seen. And it's 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 his wide receiver sort of upbringing. But even great quarterbacks like Michael Vick and if you want to go way back when, Randall Cunningham, and even the best running quarterbacks that you can think of, they all run different than skill position players. Not Tannehill. When he decides he wants to run, he looks like a wide receiver running the ball. Absolutely. Um, the Dolphin run defense, as my wife put it yesterday, and I, I always butcher this guy's name. I forget his name. Paul Solo. Soli. Soli. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. My wife said, what is the fucking deal? He's out of the lineup. The run defense goes to shit. Is he the only one that knows how to tackle a running back? That's an exact quote, Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) She's not far off, but I think that I think that the linebackers and we've seen um, Randy Starks for years. Randy Starks is good against the run, but Nobody on that defensive line or those or in those linebackers, I think, really understood how much Paul Soliai would be missed because that guy just he clogs up the middle by himself. He he's a nose tackle playing three technique. So mm-hmm. he clogs it up. He takes two defenders and he shoves them into the backfield. And suddenly there's nowhere for a running back to go. And I think that. Jared Odrick has been starting at defensive tackle. Randy Starks has been coming in. They are both good defensive tackles. Randy Starks is a two-time pro bowler. So they're good, but they aren't Paul Soliai stuffing the middle. And I think that's what happened is just Paul Soliai wasn't there. There was nobody stuffing the middle. And suddenly linebackers were going, this guy got to us really fast. (laughs) Yeah. And they just couldn't tackle. Yeah. And I mean – the good news is the Saints the Saints running running game for three and a half quarters yesterday was kinda it's was in a shambles. It picked up late. Um but the Saints are having the same issue finding the same thing with John Jenkins, the rookie from Georgia. It's like, oh my God, this dude's really agile. He doesn't make many tackles, but my God, he eats up space and he's pushing right. linemen backwards. Exactly. Um The Dolphins, they extended Jeff Ireland, which my wife dropped like four F-bombs when she heard that. She's like, can't they wait until half the year? Um, Did they make the call too soon on extending Jeff Ireland? They actually, if you go back and look at it, they actually extended him in the preseason, or not the preseason, the offseason. So back in March, April, May timeframe is actually when this came out. They released it or leaked it, and I guess it was technically an NFL source, but somebody in there leaked it because the Dolphins are 3-0 and right now, and now's the right time to yeah. have the positive press to let Ireland's extension leak out. I, I think it was simply 
a matter of we don't want a lame duck GM. We don't want a guy who feels like he has to go out there and make a trade at the deadline just to try to save his job. Now He did that in the offseason, though. He, he spent did. every dime he you did. people had. He did, but <laughs> they actually had designed it that way on purpose. Yeah. The team two years ago started looking at 2013 as the offseason where they were going to rebuild this team. And it worked out. Now, I'm saying it worked out in terms of they got the guys they wanted to get. We'll see. 3-0 and is a great start, but we'll see where it progresses over the next 14 weeks. But the Ireland extension, I, I will say that Tony Sperano got an extension and then was fired. <laughs> so true. Stephen Ross isn't afraid to eat the money and fire somebody if um, if it warrants it at the end of the year. I like – I. I'm one of the weird ones, and I've been called a zombie a lot of times on <laughs> Twitter because of this. I like the fact that Ross has shown faith in Ireland because I do believe that the first three years or four years, whatever it was, three years, I guess, when he was here, I do believe that a lot of that was Bill Parcells' influence. And now that he's gotten out from under Parcells, and don't get me wrong, some of these mistakes are his. He's made plenty of mistakes, but he's learned. And I think he works really well with Joe Philbin, and I think the two of them have a clear, this is what we want this team to be. So is it early for an Ireland extension? It probably is, but at least that he's showing faith in him. And like I said, at the end of the year, if it's time to fire Ireland, he'll do it. He'll eat the money and do it. I forgot to ask you this question. We were talking yeah. about the, the, the Dolphins' struggling running game. Do the fans, and more importantly, do you think the team, do they miss Reggie Bush a lot? Because Reggie Bush was really, really good, I thought, for the two years he was in Miami. I'm actually surprised at how little the talk is of Reggie Bush. I think the team does miss him, but I think they have full faith that – Lamar Miller is going to be able to do what Reggie Bush could do. I think a lot of what they're waiting for is this offensive line to come together. Um, I, I am surprised that we don't hear more of Dolphins fans pointing out that Reggie Bush is not here. Would he be doing any better? He might be just because he's a, a more experienced back, so he might be able to find the holes a little bit better. But – one way or the other, I'm not sure. I, I, I am a little surprised that there's not as much talk about it, though. Um, has the, Because of the 3-0 and start, I felt like – and my wife reads – actually, she reads the Finsider all the time. Go there. It's a fantastic – she is. Um, her expectations were they don't get to 10-6. and six, I want everybody gone. She and, and, and for the record, my wife – does not differentiate between regular season or preseason games, which is a fantastic thing to behold. Um, <laughs> if you're watching the Dolphins and it's the middle of the third quarter and they're giving up huge chunks of yards and she's freaking out like it's mid-November. Um, but that was her expectation going in is that we got to have playoffs. It's been you know, 2008 is the last one. Right. So that's, that's her expectation. But what are the expectations that you have and – Dolphin, the Dolphin fan community in general of this team, and has the three and start confirmed it or changed it? Um, 
I, my personal expectations were nine and seven and at least in playoff contention going into week 17. I, I, I look at it like there are a lot of things that can happen in the NFL and teams that you never play that can mess up your playoffs for a team like the Dolphins. Now, if you're talking about a team like, I, I'd say San Francisco, but they're messed up right now. So a, a team that's going to go out there and get you 12, 13 wins, that team doesn't get messed up by somebody who they don't play getting yeah. into wildcard contention. But the Dolphins are going to rely on some other teams doing some other things, and they'll never t- play those teams. So playoff contention is what I'm saying. Um, I know a lot of people are on the 10 and 6. We need to see double-digit wins. We need to see a playoff berth. And that's a fair assessment. Um, I'd say anywhere between 10, uh, 10 and 6, 9 and 7, somewhere in there. The 3-0 and start, I think that most fans are still realizing that it's very their first five game schedule. And we all expect it to go one and four, two and three through the first five games sitting at three and oh, I think a lot of people are looking at it like, you know what, we're playing with house money right now. And what happens over these next two games, we get into the bye with a winning record, no matter what uh, I have, I had my, I had a podcast last night that I just, I randomly decided that since it was such a nice win, we were going to throw up a celebratory podcast. And uh, we threw it up last night and one of the callers called in and said, at what point do we get to start talking about the Dolphins doing a second undefeated season? So (laughs) there are, there are people out there that are immediately (laughs) looking at this and jumping to week 17 being 16 and 0. Well, I like I think the sketch I think the ske- I think the schedule sets up nicely. The AFC is a little bit better than I thought it was going to be. I thought the the AFC was kind of going to be a dumpster fire for the 5th and 6th seeds. Right. But it looks better than I thought. Um, but I still think I still think playoffs are possible and um, you know, for my wife's sanity, I want the Dolphins to make the playoffs because she's an <laughs> Astro fan as well and the Astros oh, are just they are on. They are the factory of sadness in baseball. They just so she needs something good to happen for her sports teams. But before I let you get out of here, um, I know this is, might be a painful topic because it is for my wife. Do you hate Nick Saban as much as my wife hates Nick Saban after what he did to the Dolphins? And do you do you forgive him or do you just block it out and move on? I. There's only one thing in the world that I hate more than Nick Saban, and that's the New York Jets. <laughs> My wife um, would like that answer. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I look at it like this. Saban is a great college coach, but every time he plays, I don't care if he is playing the community college from the middle of nowhere. I am rooting against Alabama every single week. I understand he's a great coach. I understand that he does things that get to national championships, but I cannot stand that man. And the other day when it came out and he was talking, I guess, on his radio show about how he has not talked to Texas about going there and he is too old to leave Alabama and he loves Tuscaloosa, I tweeted out Saban saying he loves Tuscaloosa and he's too old to leave Te- uh, for Texas 
yeah, sorry, Tide fans, he's leaving. He's <laughs> That's that's my mentality about Saban. You cannot believe a thing coming out of his mouth. Well, I don't think Dolphins fans anywhere are ever going to forgive him. Well, and it's a combination of it, too, in that, you know, the thing that drives my wife insane about Saban is not not just the whole I'm not how many times I have to say it. I'm not going to be the coach of Alabama. The thing that drives her insane is that. He had a choice between Drew Brees and Culpepper, <laughs> and he picked the wrong quarterback. And instead of, in my wife's words, be a man and say, I picked the wrong guy, I'm sorry, he makes the whole excuse of, oh, I wanted Brees, but the shoulder was bad and the doctors didn't pass him. And my wife goes on this great rant about how Nick Saban controls everything about everything in his life, but somehow he couldn't get the Dolphin doctors to approve Drew Brees, but the Saints doctors could. And um, so it's 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 quite entertaining for me because every time Nick Saban comes on the on the screen, she just rants and raves about how I'm not going to be the coach of the Dolph. I'm not going to be the coach of Alabama. It puts on it's it's just hate. It's just hate filled. It just comes out of her little her little uh, five foot body, and it's it's a sight to behold. But one one, last one thing. funny one funny uh, anecdote about the. Drew Brees' shoulder, which I guess I guess that shoulder's pretty good. I mean, Drew Brees seems like he's doing okay for you guys. Yeah, no, he's all right. Um, yeah, he's had a mediocre career, I guess. Um, I, one funny thing is the shoulder injury that Brees had that made the Dolphins not want to go after him is the shoulder injury that Deion Jordan had that the Dolphins <laughs> went up and got him at the number three overall pick and didn't care about the shoulder and just waited for it to get healthy over training camp. So it's just funny that we had the stay completely away from him in 2008. Is that when it was? I think that's the right that, off season. Oh, sick. Oh, it was oh, oh, six. Yeah. Oh, six. Okay. Oh yeah. Eight was uh, Ireland and everybody coming to Miami. So six. And then uh, on the opposite side, you have, let's go get that guy and we'll, Hope his shoulder's ready for the season. So, hey, we, we went both, both we ends went of the spectrum there. All right. Give me a pick uh, for the game and give me one thing that if you're if you're a Saints fan, that if you don't follow the Dolphins closely, that you should be watching. And that will tell you how the Dolphins will play. That's not something that that's not something that's really obvious. Um, a pick. I think the Dolphins could pull this off. I really do because they're playing so well. And I think being beaten like they were by Atlanta and still coming out with the win proved a lot to this team. But it's so hard to pick against the Saints in the Superdome. Yeah, on and a Monday. So, yeah, Monday night they're they're going to be mad because of all of last year. The the crowd is going to be incredible. It, I, I think the Saints are probably going to pull this game out. Um, I think it's probably going to be tougher than a lot of Saints fans realize because this Dolphins team, I think, is for real. But I, I'd probably say the Saints come away with it. You're looking probably, knowing Drew Brees, you're probably looking low 30s for them, upper 20s for the Dolphins. So I'll say... 35-27, somewhere around there. Okay. Um, one thing to watch for the Dolphins, 
on defense, it's going to be all about the pass rush because mm-hmm. word came out today that Cam Wake is probably out for two to three weeks, which mm-hmm. would put him coming back the first week after our bye. Um, he he strained or sprained, I think is I think it's technically a sprain, his MCL in his knee. So he he's probably going to be out for this game, which Olivier Vernon, Derek Shelby, Deion Jordan should be able to generate pass rush, but they haven't been as dominant yet as we would like to see from them. So that that's what I'd watch on defense is can we get to Breeze? And then on offense, it's all going to be about what do you, what do the Saints do with their safeties? Do they completely cover Mike Wallace and try to force Tannehill to go somewhere else with the ball? Or do they try to level it out and – give up a couple big plays to Wallace, but make sure that they're not being nickeled and dimed everywhere else. Yeah. Interesting. Kevin, how do people follow you on Twitter? Cause I know saints fans, we always like to, I do at least <laughs> hit, hit, hook up with the, well, not just, not just to make fun of, not just to go back and forth on game day, but I like to know injury updates and what's going on with the dolphins, who's going to play and who's not going to play. And it's easier to do that with great blogs like you guys. So how, how do people follow you on Twitter? I'm at the Fencider. It's P H on Finsider. Um, so it's T-H-E-P-H-I-N-S-I-D-E-R. Mm-hmm. And then the same for the blog itself is thefinsider.com. Uh, come check us out. We I, I tweet a lot uh, during the game. I tweet a lot throughout the week. Um, and everything that we post on the site does come out onto mm-hmm. the Twitter too. So if you follow us there and we do update on Cam Wake's injury or Paul Soli's injury or any of the other injuries we have right now, you'll definitely be able to see it and keep up with everything going on that way. All right, Kevin, thanks for joining us and uh, good luck for the Dolphins. Uh, not on Monday, but the rest of the way. Yeah. Right. Thanks. Same to you guys. And can you guys keep it down a little bit in the Superdome this week? We'll Just try. a little bit. And probably not. Okay. All right. All right. Later, Kevin. Thanks. All right, Dave, the Saints won 31-7, to and you uh, trolled me on Twitter uh, complimenting, complimenting the Saints running out the clock with Kyrie. Wait, what, was that? what was that word? <laughs> complimenting? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Dude, he dropped, you said the first he dropped times. vacillates in, yeah, the, in the pre-podcast, <laughs> and now he can't even say complimenting. Yeah. I am... <laughs> Your vocabulary is vacillating. Pretty and pretty good. Just like your audio, my friend. Okay. It's, okay. Zing. Zing. Your word of the day, folks, is vacillate. I couldn't even spell that if I tried. So, Dave, what? you were pumped about Kyrie Robinson. So, does this mean you're breaking up with your BFF Ingram for good? We are over. Uh, I got back all of my CDs from him. And uh, it's pretty messy. It's pretty messy. Uh, we still have a few things to sort out. But uh, as far as my emotions are concerned, uh, Mark and I are no longer together. So he's available if you're if you're interested in in Mark Ingram. 
Uh, feel free. Uh, I, I certainly give you my permission. But I'm, well, he I'm, he he obviously stole your good audio equipment. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's going to be sixteen seventy eight. Drive around to the first window. Thank you. That's why people. That's why you need to donate. If you donate like Craig did, he donated four dollars yesterday. <laughs> four dollars. Thank you, Craig. Thanks, Craig. Uh, thank you, Craig. We'll take whatever we have. If you get some change in your pocket, audio equipment. Wait, do I really sound like shit now? No, you yes. sound better, actually. Okay. A little bit better. Can, can you <laughs> mute? Can you can you mute Dave like they do on Around the Horn? <laughs> I, I could try, Andrew, but knowing my Skype capabilities, I'd probably hang up on hang up on him and then uh, dial my mom. <laughs> Let's get Mama Marlboro on this. Podcast. Yeah. She Ralph, was, you never call. You never call, Ralph. She was, she was pumped about the Saints winning yesterday. Is she mother an Italian New Yorker because she sounds a lot like my mother. She does. Uh, she's gonna no, She's got like a like that 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 Mississippi yat accent kind of when she gets mad. But she was she was pumped about the Saints winning yesterday, Andrew. But she was upset that Drew Brees got hit a lot. Um, well, who wasn't? Is it all the fact that Jari Evans wasn't playing and a guy's yes. name I can't pronounce? Lolito. He got trucked by Darnell Dockett multiple times. Andrew, is is that the simple the simple answer to the offensive line issues yesterday? It pretty much, yeah. I mean, there 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 were some mistakes made across the board. I mean, it wasn't a flawless performance by anyone. I thought, I mean, through three games, I really feel like by far the best has been Zach Streif. Um, he he has been the most consistent, the most solid of the five, but. Um, yeah, Lolito was definitely the prime suspect, the prime responsible party for the amount of pressure Breeze was seeing. So, you know, I, we talk about how important guards are in this offense. Uh, Breeze is probably the best quarterback I've ever seen at feeling uh, pressure from the blind side, feeling outside pressure and edge pressure in general. And so you, you can get away with mediocre tackles on this team as long as you have good interior linemen. And uh, they didn't have that, you know, but this is look, this is the only way the guy's going to learn was by uh, getting thrown in the in the fire. Uh, but uh, I think that game was a testament to Jari Evans. And I think a lot of times you take for granted how long the Saints have had him. You know, he had how, however many consecutive starts. I know it was over 100, uh, but I think you take for granted how good that guy was for how for so long. Um, and how valuable he is to the team. But uh, let that be example exhibit A of why he's so important. And for, the, and, and for the record, of all the Saints people that have gotten mega contracts, Jari Evans is the only one that didn't have to wait until they were a free agent. Drew Brees had to wait till he was a free agent. Jimmy Graham's going to have to wait. Colston, Colston had to Jari Evans got done early. Now, well, the only other one, I mean, he didn't, I mean, I, I don't even know if you count this because he didn't get a huge contract, but uh, Morstead was done a year before yeah, he hit free agency. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, I know you and me are the same. We watch like 80 hours of tape a week and just break it yep. on hardcore. Yep. Um, and along those lines. You put Uptown Murph to shame. No, me and me and Kevin don't watch tape. We just we just drink and yell at the TV. But Kevin, Cameron Jordan moved into that level of player on defense where he's so interesting and good. 
during the Arizona game, I stopped watching the ball and I was like, ooh, let me see if Cameron Jordan can dump truck the tackle and get a sack. And I can't and remember. He did. And he did. So I can't remember the twice. The, the last time the Saints got had a guy that was that interesting. Um, how what's the ceiling in your opinion on Cam Jordan? Like how 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 good can he be? I think we move it every week, but Dude, what was at the end of your question? <laughs> you kind of you kind of trailed off there. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to work on better questions. I'm trying, I want to be Mike Wallace, not the receiver, the 60 minute guy, and they ask good questions. Okay, I mean, I mean, what's his ceiling? I mean, Pro Bowl. Yeah, it's pretty simple. It's a pretty fucking simple answer, man. I mean, not all pro, but not all pro, not Hall of Fame. I don't think Ralph's talking about necessarily just for the season. I think he's talking about, you know, 30 years from now when we look back on Cam Jordan, uh, you know, what are people going to be saying and thinking and feeling about him? Well, yeah, I mean, like, is is he moving, not even just Pro Bowl, Cam, but, I mean, from all, like, the advanced statistics and bullshit, he's, like, in that, like, J.J. Watt, like, he's just not, like, like, Will Smith made a Pro Bowl, okay, and Roman Harper's made a couple of Pro Bowls, but they're not like – I feel like Cam Jordan is getting to that level where he's like not only is he the best person on the Saints defense, but he's like a cornerstone and like other teams are like, oh my god, we got to block that guy. Yeah, but – A total yeah. game plan around him. He's Wait a second. Wait a second. Roman Harper made a Pro Bowl? Yeah. Yeah, probably as an alternate because another safety from a Super Bowl team couldn't show up. How many players died before that happened? <laughs> <laughs> Is my audio okay? No, it's awful. <laughs> okay, is that serious or is that a joke? No, it's serious. It's serious. It's serious. Your audio is terrible. <laughs> now it's actually pretty good, but it, I don't know like, if you're leaning now? to it. How about now? That's be- yeah. slightly better. Yeah. yeah, it's okay. God damn it. <laughs> Um, okay, so, so wait a second. I have I have to now predict three games into this season <laughs> whether or not Cameron Jordan is going to go to Canton, Ohio. No, but what you and have, have a bust made. No, but what you have to predict is in like week ten. Are we going to be talking about Cameron Jordan where he's got like ten sacks in week twelve and he's like he is like the cornerstone of the Saints defense and affects is the key to the pass rush. Is he going to be like what John Abraham is to the Falcons? Ah, good point. Good, good. Perfect analogy, Dave. Yeah. 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 Sure. Shit. I'll go ahead and say that. Yeah. If that, if, if when the, uh, the talking heads in the pre pregame shows are all saying, Oh, you got to block this guy. And then, and then they're doing their stupid little, uh, they're in those stupid little football field, uh, Di- uh, those football field uh, diagrams on the floor in their st- in their studio, and you- they're trying to execute like a seven on seven drill, but there's a total of seven of them, and it's a couple of old farts and some old players that never played defense. But it's like, yeah, we're gonna put you on defense. You pretend you're the defensive lineman. You pretend you're a linebacker. I'm gonna hand the ball off to my pal behind me here, and then he's gonna run up here, and then you. No, no, no. They- when they're doing all that. Somebody's going to mention, well, yeah, you, you, Cameron Jordan, he comes out 
and he's going to do this. Now, when he comes up and stands up like this and just snaps his hips out, that's a sure sign that he's going to knock the guy over. Like, that's the kind of stuff that we're going to get by, by, by the end of the season. Like, the people are going to – he's going to be highlighted. They're going to take the, uh, the, the magic marker, and they're going to, you know, draw under his name – uh, the telestrator. They're going to telestrate under his name and say, "This is the guy that you got to look out for. He's got he's got ten sacks, or he's got eight sacks. You know, he's he's gonna he's gonna wind up with double digit sacks. I feel comfortable in saying that by uh, by season's end. And I'll I'll go as high as fourteen. Wow, Andrew, oh. you want? Wait, wait, here's here's the question: Who's having the better 2013 season, Cameron Jordan or Jordan Cameron? Ooh. Jordan Cameron, <laughs> hands down. <laughs> I am a simple man with simple tastes, and Jordan Cameron is having the better season. He's keeping my fantasy team afloat single-handedly. Oh, uh, I want to take a stab. I want to take a stab at this. Cameron well, you Jordan go ahead, thought. Andrew. I was just going to say you watched <laughs> the tape for like the last five years of Saints game and grade the players. So yeah. So I think I, my my big surprise, and I have to admit, um, a couple of seasons ago and even last year. Uh, you, you've asked me this question before on the podcast, Ralph, and my answer was, I don't think he can ever be, he'll never be a double digit sack guy. I came out and I said that, and I, I still believe that in a four, three, he was never going to be able to do that. But I miss, I underestimated how good this guy could be in a three, four. And so you asked Kevin what his ceiling was. I, I, I really honestly, truly genuinely believe that he can be the best run-stopping defensive end in the entire league. Now, the the ancillary benefit of this 3-4 switch is that he's not an edge rusher anymore. He doesn't have to get sacks with speed and beating someone around the edge. Now he's moved inside, and he's been getting to the quarterback more because the, the strengths that he has in pass rushing, which are technique, strength, moves, all things that can get you to the quarterback because from the interior, it's a shorter path to the ball. Um, he, he is now able to showcase all that stuff. And it's less just pure speed beating a tackle around the edge now. So um, I think the ceiling for this guy in a 3-4 is much higher than a 4-3. And I think this move that the team made benefited him almost more than anybody. Yeah, Good answer, uh, Andrew. How much money needs to be donated uh, so that we can get Kevin Hill to sit the fuck down while we're having our goddamn podcast? <laughs> Jesus Christ! I gotta let my dog out, man. Oh my God! So, so you're the one that let the dogs out. <laughs> yes. How's my fucking audio? How, how's my audio? <laughs> it's it's, it's good. Your audio is terrible, and my audio is pitch perfect. You can hear a fucking pin drop, apparently. No, the fucking problem. You keep dropping pins. I'm just pissed he hasn't washed his hands yet. Yeah, well, that's coming. That's coming. That, sure. That's coming. That's like a... Uh, we still suck? We're the, it's, no, it's actually, it's, it's actually all right if you just take it down just a little notch. You'll be perfect. Okay, all right. Yeah, there you go. That's actually perfect. There you go. Um, but yeah, just talk a little lower, Dave. All right. Be sure to talk lower for the ladies. That's exactly right. Meet <laughs> <laughs> um, your dancers out there somewhere. Um, how many how many girls do you think – how many girls besides <laughs> Jason Burnos do you think listen to this podcast? Oh, burn, man. We're ripping people. It's not even on Twitter. We've ripped Murph. We've ripped Uptown, Uptown Murph looks like he is 
buff. He's going to come after me. <laughs> I am scrawny and only have one good arm. I cannot be fighting people. I cannot be fighting your battles, especially, Jewish. <laughs> I only have one good arm. <laughs> well, it's true. You know. I'll give him your address, dude. I'll, I'll well, look what was that Harrison Ford movie where the one-armed man did it? That's Fugitive. Fugitive. Oh, the Fugitive, like, right. Finally, a fucking movie reference I get. <laughs> Ralph, you're the prime suspect. I am. I was guilty. <laughs> I killed his wife. I, I cannot tell a lie. Oh, um, Dave, over under mm-hmm. on Mark Ingram carries the rest of the year. Whatever you're about to say, it's under. <laughs> it's not what you throw out. I, I don't. I don't know if we'll ever see him. I don't know. I, I, and, and honestly, I, I mean, let's put it this way: I think we all watch the same game that the coaches watch. I mean, we, we all see the same thing. So, I mean, seeing what we've seen and knowing what we know, really and truly, what purpose would Mark Ingram serve on this football team that isn't served by somebody else? Answer me that question. He gets. I he think takes he, all he, the hate. Just in case of an injury. He tw- he takes all the heat the the hate on Twitter, and he puts it into energy, and he powers a small village in India. <laughs> well, <laughs> good for that village in India, but it does us Saints fans no good. Nah, I mean, I mean, really and truly, I I don't know. I just I don't think that. Uh, I mean, Peyton's certainly not one to listen to the fans or succumb to fan pressure, but I, I think at this point, I think the writing is on the wall, and I I don't think we're going to see anything else from Mark Ingram. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. You know, maybe they'll give him one more shot, say, look, this game, you know, we're going we're gonna to give you a chance here. We're going to give you this many carries, and, you know, you got to make the most of it. Otherwise, we're going to go in a different direction. I don't know. Maybe, they, maybe they've already had that conversation. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm. I, I want to say one other thing too, because Lockham, that story that went out yesterday before the game, you know, Lock and Ford doesn't say that the Saints were interested. He doesn't say he has a source that's saying that they want to trade Ingram. I mean, all he basically does is just sort of throw out the idea and speculate that if there was going to be another big running back trade, a la Trent Richardson last week. He was basically just saying he could see Mark Ingram as being the first candidate to be traded. But he never says, I heard from a source that this is happening. Um, you know, the way he tweeted it out there originally was a little misleading in that wording. But, you know, I think sort of everybody flew off the the handle with all the speculation after that article was came out. Go ahead, Andrew. You were going to say something? No, I mean, I, I think the real question here is you watch the game. And you saw what Kyrie Robinson did. He, right, finished, exactly. he, he finished the game for the Saints, and he, he ran well. Now, he, he certainly had the benefit of a tired defense and fresh legs. Um, you know, so obviously, if he, had come, if, if he had played in the first quarter, he wouldn't have put up those numbers. He also had um, a advantage of a shitty offensive line that was also probably tired. I mean, so everybody was saying, everybody complains about how it's possible. It's, Ingram's issues are half Ingram's problem and half the offensive line's problem. But uh, I'm beginning to think, I don't, I don't know if that's the case. I don't think it is. Well, I mean, if you look at the first half though, Dave, I mean, I don't, I don't think any running back in the league could have gotten 
positive yardage out of well, what, they, what they were given. Well, and they only ran it three times. I, I wouldn't say they were getting a good old college try, but you're right. On those three attempts, it was just they, they weren't getting anything. Well, Kevin, don't you think the argument that Andrew <clears throat> and Dave are having right now, isn't that going to get settled against Miami? Do you think – I think we're going to see Robinson early instead of – I think it's a, there's a chance we could see him early against the Dolphins, and this argument that they just had could be could be settled by about eight o'clock next Monday. I think they should have brought Robinson in one series earlier on Sunday, to be honest with you, and that's when you and I had that exchange on Twitter. Yeah, we did. So, so Kevin, over under on Robinson carries is seven and a half in Vegas. In the Miami Are game? Are you yeah. serious? No, I'm just making up. No. <laughs> I, bet, I guarantee you there are, there are odds on that. I'm going to look them up. So, Kevin, is he over on, over seven carries for Robinson, you think? Uh, yeah, I'll take the over. I'll say eight or higher. And, Andrew, your thoughts? Carries I, still, for... I still, I mean, you saw the first half. I still think they trust Sproles and Pierre Thomas, and I think even if Robinson's in the mix, I think they at least want to establish a lead and, and feel good about how the game is going before they test out Robinson. Um, I think there's just a lot of trust there with Thomas and Sproul. So I think they want to establish those guys before he gets in the mix. So I would, I would pick the under. I think they should just personally, I think they should just use him like they were using Mark Ingram. I think they should just sprinkle him in uh, from the get go. Um, whenever they want to run up, the, uh, run up the gut, run up the middle, they want power. Um, I think they should just replace Mark Ingram with Kyrie Robinson and just use him whenever they want. I think I think Ingram will get his chance. He he will get right. another opportunity at some point this season, whether it's injury or someone just needs a breather or they care, decide to carry four backs one game. I mean, at some point this season, Ingram will get another chance. I mean, you remember Chris Ivory last year <clears throat> sat inactive for numerous games before he finally got a chance to get out there and play. So. I mean, it's just a matter of when, in my opinion. But at some point, he'll get a shot. But I, I think right now, if you're going with the hot hand, I don't see how Ingram can be active for this game. No, I don't want to see Ingram ever again run for the Saints. I just, I'm done with him. I just, my liver, and I can't take it. Uh, Let him go on and be successful somewhere else. I, and that's, that'll be next season because I, I agree with Andrew. I don't think that they're going to trade him. I think they're always going to want to keep four decent running backs because Peyton knows that uh, by the end of the season, at least one of those guys won't be won't be playing. So you, you need definitely need to have depth at running back if you want to yeah. go all the way to the Super Bowl and get through an entire season in the playoffs. I mean, it's it's brutal as a running back. So yeah, they didn't trade away Ivory to trade away Ingram. <laughs> You're right. Except, right. That's also true. I mean, that would be crazy for them to trade away two running backs in a single season. Uh, they'll yeah. keep them. And uh, who's going to want Ingram? I mean, seriously. I mean, the, you know, the video on him isn't great, he, he, but I think the potential is there. I, I think he could be fine in, in another, with another team in another system. I think he'd be totally fine. I just don't think he... But what he, would someone give up for him? Oh, just a you know a late round draft pick, a fifth round or a sixth round, you know. Right, and is that worth it for the Saints to ship him off? No, n- not not in the middle of the season. Maybe you know, or in the off season or during the draft, like they did. Right. Well, Kevin threw out the Rams are desperate for a running back in the post game show, and Kevin, we also talked in the post game. The Giants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, the Giants could certainly use one. The Browns could. The Browns could use one. 
Yeah, but the Browns are in full-on tank mode, trading for a running back in the middle of the – they don't want to be better. They want to – Yeah, tank. but they just beat Minnesota. Uh, maybe. I guess With so. their third-string quarterback. Yeah. I should have picked him instead of RG3 in fantasy, but – That third-string quarterback could be uh, the next Tom Brady. Oh, my God. Uh, Kevin – I can pretty much promise you that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> the Saints defense is giving up 12.3 points a game, which is ridiculous fucking lus. Uh, Kevin, uh, we talked about a nickname and all that, but before we get to that nonsense, um, Kenny Vaccaro and the open field tackle and the, the secondary just looks – fantastic how much of that is pass rush and how much of that is the man with the flowing beautiful locks of hair uh i'm gonna say i'm gonna say the (laughs) i'm gonna say the keep the keeper at the wall uh (laughs) rob ryan himself because he he knows winter is coming and he is prepared for it Oh, a Game of Thrones reference. What are you doing? Okay, what the... Regulators? Yeah. Yes! Regulators. Well, we're talking about the defense, so... Yeah, from four rooms over. (laughs) That's what Kevin wants them to be nicknamed, the Regulators. I like it. I support this. No, no, no. Okay, look, do not attribute this to me. This was somebody else on Twitter that came up with this. I do not want to get anybody mad at me. Yeah. Um, Andrew, we're doing the big, the, the Rob Ryan big chart of fun on defense. Uh, right now, the Saints are on pace for 42 sacks for the season. Over or under 42 sacks for the defense? I think, I think over. I really wow. think the sky's the limit right now for this defense. And, you know, we talked about Spags, and, and I, I think I think this really is so – I mean, early this season, right, it's still early and a lot can happen. But I really feel like th- this is kind of the perfect storm is hit for the Saints. Um, you know, a combination of – Which one's George Clooney? <laughs> and Mark Wahlberg. And Mark Wahlberg. But, um, no, I, I think there's a – it's a combination of a good coach – and a good scheme with okay. players that fit better in it. I think the scheme has worked out really well for Junior Gallette, for Cam Jordan, um, and then it's the players they've added. Um, so, you know, they they've really hit with Keenan Lewis, who through three games has covered pretty well. Um, that this this past game was his best game. Um, they really hit with Vaccaro, who's been awesome in three games so far for the team. Would you rather um, have Vaccaro, or your boy Star? From Carolina, Andrew. Ooh, that's a, well. I, I, if you if you gave me apples to apples, I would pick Star. But because John Jenkins has played so well, um, I would pick Vicar. I would pick Jenkins and Vicaro over Star. Um, so you know Jenkins has more than held up his end of the bargain. But I think what you saw in yesterday, the real X factor of this defense, was the return of Glenn Foster and Tyron Walker. And I thought both of them played outstanding football. Um, they they both came in on third down to spell the guys ahead of them. And I, I think the Saints just have a fantastic defensive line rotation right now. They have three quality starters, young quality starters in Jordan, Akeem Hicks, and John Jenkins. 
And now you've got guys that are coming in, Tyron Walker and Greg Fa- Glenn Foster, to give them a breather. And the team defensively isn't missing a beat with those guys in there. So that, that to me, is what's most impressive is that they've got such young quality talent on the defensive line. And with these guys back healthy now, they're starting to get a rotation um, to keep these guys fresher and making more plays. And um, th- this defense is, is everything, everything around them is falling in place because of how well the front three is playing um, and r- really regardless of who's in there. Well, one of one of you three guys in the in the it was either I think during the preseason or right before went on a rant and said, how come the Saints can find undrafted players? Me. Run, you, Dave, right. at running back and on right. offense all the time, but they can't find anybody on defense. Well, this year you got exactly. your wish. They exactly. got two defensive and linemen. And that's what they needed to do. And that's why I think that you, you've got a better defense on the whole. I mean, obviously the scheme change in the new defensive coordinator has a lot to do with that. But that's what I said. You need to have uh, a coach who has the ability to find these guys and, and see these players and realize, hey, maybe they're playing at a small school or maybe they're not really putting up such great numbers. But uh, this guy has the right attitude and he's going to fit well with, with what I want to do. Um, and they were always able to do that on offense, but they never seemed to be able to do that on defense except for this year with guys like Glenn Foster. And, uh, I mean, Junior Gallet is finally, he was an undrafted guy. He's finally being the player I think a lot of us thought he could be. Um and uh, you know, and they're drafting, but you know, Vaccaro is arguably one of their best first-round draft picks during the Sean Payton era. Some people say Reggie Bush. I mean, yes, Reggie was valuable, but I mean, I think just what we've seen from Vaccaro and expecting him to get better in years to come, uh, I think he's going to be a huge, huge player. And uh, you know, so they're finally, in the, they're they're doing all the right things in the off-season. And scoring in the offseason, getting Paris Harrelson—that was a good maneuver. Um, they're they're just front office-wise, they seem to be a little bit better um, at uh, at at getting good players. Uh, Kevin, I have a cockamamie theory, and I always like to run them by you because you either agree with. What was with that word? Cockamamie. It's not a no. word. I don't think it's just a made-up term That's that I pulled out of my ass. Um, so when I have these crazy ideas, I like to run them by you, Kevin, because you either agree with them and take them to the next level or you shoot them down and burn them to a crisp. Um, sure. <clears throat> my theory is the Saints have decided that Jari Evans is hurt and they're going to sit him for two or three more weeks and roll the dice with the crappy rookie guard and just hope for the best because they need him healthy. And that's what they're going to be doing, and it's going to be a big-time struggle for the next two, three weeks until he gets healthy. And they're not going to play him unless they get injury and they have to put him back in. That's my that's my theory. Yeah, disagree. <laughs> disagree. Uh, I, I wish I could take that one to, to, uh, to the bank and uh, deposit it, but uh, I cannot. Um, that check's going to bounce. Uh, I just, I mean, they kept showing Jari Evans on the sideline, holding his helmet. It's not like he was out there in street clothes. I mean, the man was dressed and people kept you know, the, the announcers, uh, Heath Evans. Uh, oh yeah. By the way, about fucking time we get, we get somebody in the booth who just doesn't like shitting on the team 
calling one of the games. Now, granted, it took getting a former fucking saint up in the booth for that to happen. But kudos to Fox for finally give for finally putting somebody in the booth that uh, that wasn't gonna shit on the team. So so th- th- <laughs> there you go. Um, That's the backhanded yeah. compliment of the show. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, yeah, they, they're gonna put Jari Evans in. As so, look, as soon as as soon as they think he's cleared to go, he's gonna be fucking playing. They need him to be playing. This is their hardest stretch of games. This is their hardest stretch of games right now. Three consecutive weeks, and right now it's three undefeated teams. Um, and I mean, fuck, this is this is the te- this is a test. This is the test. Right now, or this at this point in the season, are the Saints to be taken seriously? You know, it, if if they come out if they come out of this stretch three and three. Well then, oh, may, they're probably not. Maybe, maybe we can, you know, cool it on the playoff talk. But if they come out of this thing four and two, if they come out of this thing five and one, Ooh, what if they came out six and zero? Oh? That's uh, that's you saying that, not me. But if they came <laughs> out of this six and zero, oh, I would certainly have uh, multiple adult beverages before the next before the uh, the the week seven podcast. I could tell Kevin, you, Kevin, if they come out six and zero, oh, this could be your dream season because the Saints could be six and zero oh, and the Steelers the Steelers could be zero oh and six. Oh man, it I could, tell you what, I would could, I would just oh yeah, I'm telling you, man, that oh I think it I think it moved. <laughs> <laughs> I think it moved. Uh, Kevin, did you watch the Saints game this past Sunday? Yes, I did. Uh, Yes, I I did. I just wanted to know what I was working with here. It was a regular season game. Okay. Andrew, what the hell has happened to Lance Moore? I mean, besides the injury, like he's just like not catching passes at all. Yep. I think part of the problem right now is the offensive line play is so poor that Drew is needing to get the ball out very quickly. Um, and he can he can do stuff with Colston and, and Jimmy Graham, even though they're split out wide, where you know he can do the back shoulder throw or he can put the ball in a location where only those guys can get it. Um, but with Lance Moore, the style of play that he has, um, Drew really needs to be able to have the time to survey the field um, to let him, because he's a great route runner. He's really good at finding the open space in, in his own coverage and um, he's just a small target. So, um, you know, the, the benefit of, I mean, the guys, I mean, you look at the guys that are catching the balls right now. I mean, Sproles is catching a ton per usual. Pierre Thomas is catching a ton. Um, Jimmy Graham obviously leads the team in receptions, I believe. And, um, Colson is catching him. So he does. Um, I, I, I just, I, I don't think, I mean, Stills hasn't gotten a lot of opportunities either. And, you know, Meacham had the one touchdown, but I think Meacham had two catches too. So, um, I just think Meacham, Stills and more, um, those three guys are not going to see a lot of balls come their way unless Breeze has more time to throw. So that's on the offensive line as much as anything else. Well, I'm looking at Lance's stats right now. Well, first of all, Mark Ingram had one target and never caught the ball. Uh, but I'm looking at Lance Lance Moore's stats. He's had 11 targets but only four catches. <clears throat> Meanwhile, somebody like Ben Watson has five targets, but he's caught four of those. Um, yeah, I mean, he did, he did have a drop. He did have a significant drop. 
He's yes, got his. I mean, his drop rate is significantly higher injury? than any other receiver. I didn't have something seen with his right. It was something with his right wrist or his hand or his yeah. forearm. Like I said, I mean, I sit behind the bench and they were looking at it. He had two trainers looking at it um, right there on the sideline, right in front of me. I took a picture and you know that that was what was included in that post and uh, and they looked at it. Nick Tune. And then he went into uh, the locker room. Nick Tune, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's about time to activate that dude. Um, I'm still waiting, too, for Kenny Stills to have some crazy um, crazy game for like 170 yards and two touchdowns. Um, he's still been sort of quiet. He was, you know, he had 86 yards in the first game against Atlanta, but uh, he didn't do anything on Sunday against the Cardinals. Yeah, but Meech had a touchdown, and that's what... I know. I don't know. I, you know... Can I just be honest? I, I just <laughs> I, I, don't I'm do just, it, Dave. Don't I'm just it, man. I'm just really surprised that he that he was resigned, and I mean he's he doesn't look terrible. I'm I'm try, I'm trying to figure out. I, I, I just, I don't know, this whole situation makes me feel awkward. I'm not going to lie. I, I just, I don't know why. I don't know if I can get on board the Beecham train. Well, um, Kevin, we discussed it, the awesomeness of Jimmy Graham, but if we had, for me. if we had a fantasy redraft. Internal conflict. Uh, held. Would Jimmy yeah. Graham be a top five pick if we did fantasy redraft from this week on? Uh, yes. Let's see. Everybody gets a big hard on for quarterbacks. I could see Breeze going. I could see Rogers going. Breeze has been dog shit so far. I mean, week three was good. Yeah, but I'm saying I could still see somebody taking Drew Breeze ahead of Jimmy Graham. Um, Peyton Manning is definitely going first overall. Right. Yeah. I could see somebody taking. I could see somebody probably taking Adrian Peterson before. Calvin Johnson. Uh, so I'm going to say no on the top five, but I would say definitely in the first round. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'm actually looking at, I mean, in my own personal ESPN Fantasy League, I'm looking at the top players. Can, can you guys want to guess the top five fantasy points scores currently? Uh, Peyton Manning's got to be one. He's number one. Mm-hmm. Uh. Number two, Rodgers. Nope, he's three. Um, Deshaun Jackson? Nope. Um, I'm forgetting. Yeah, you're going to be surprised when you find out who number two is, because I don't think you'd ever expect it. Is it the tight end from the Browns? No. Who's been scoring a lot of touchdowns? I don't know. My fantasy team. Who is it, Dave? Mike Vick. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Peyton Manning, Mike Vick, Aaron Rodgers, Philip Rivers, Sam Bradford, five quarterbacks, all the top five. Bradford, wow. Yeah. Bradford. So, in fact, the first non-quarterback top scorer in the league is Eddie Royal, a wide receiver. Wait, this can't be correct. I mean, where the hell is – where's Adrian Peterson? Oh, man, he's all the way down there. Okay, see, th- I mean, obviously the season's not over, but – I mean, as it stands now, it seems like quarterback is a way more valuable, valuable position fantasy-wise. I'm, I'm playing well, Christian, Christian Ponder has all their rushing touchdowns, not AP. Oh, yeah, that's true. 
So, okay, guys, I'm looking at the first-round picks in the Sean Payton era, and we've got Reggie Bush, who was okay. Robert Meacham, pretty good. Cedric Ellis, kind of a bust. Malcolm Jenkins, kind of a bust. Patrick Robinson, total bust. And then you got Cam Jordan, Mark Ingram, and Kenny Vaccaro. So I think we can all agree that Cam Jordan and Kenny Vaccaro are probably the two best players of all those that are drafted. So my question to you is, who ends up being the best first-round pick in Sean Payton era? Is it Cam Jordan or Kenny Vaccaro when it's all said and done? Uh, I'm going to say... I'm going to say Vaccaro. Kevin? Ralph's Vaccaro boner uh, knows no bounds. Uh, I'll go... does not. I'll go... Uh, I'll go... Uh, I'll go Cam Jordan. Dave? I would say Vaccaro. It's just so early, it's just fun to just, you know, completely speculate. Well, Andrew, All what right. about you? I'm going Cammy so that we can tie it. Oh. <laughs> I'm sure he loves being called Cammy. <laughs> um, Cammy Joe. Cammy Joe. <laughs> you know, I think that's Burn. I think that's Jason Burnos's nickname. Oh Lord. Oh, I, I had I had people I had people hating me on Twitter today because I tweeted out the Saints' next three opponents are nine and zero. We maybe we shouldn't book Super Bowl tickets to New York. Yeah, I saw that. And uh, I think we should pick a random person on Twitter each week to pick on. <laughs> I think that's a good idea. I think that maybe they can even nominate themselves. <laughs> I think that would be a great idea. We need to have a new segment, Awful tw- Tweeterer of the Week. Oh. <laughs> Tweeterer? I, I'm, yeah, but it I, has to be Saints-related. I am all for that. I am all for that. How do we come up with the criteria? You just have to suck and get trolled by everyone. <laughs> All right. We'll I just... mean, the angry hoodat usually calls out whoever it is. So if you just follow the angry hoodat, you'll find out who is deserving of the awful tweeter. Of the oh world. yeah, he 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 goes right for it. He he has no shame. I know, and he is, and 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 and. Uh, wonderful. So I guess that's a good that's a good plan. We'll we'll uh we'll use the angry hoodat to uh, get the awful tweeter of the week. And so I'll... everyone everyone beware. If you listen to this podcast, you're probably at risk of being named as the awful tweeterer of the week. So, <laughs> so the moral of the story, what you put out there in cyberspace. Yeah. So the moral of the story, don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, what's going to happen is people are going to want publicity and they're going to, they're going to, uh, they're going to go nuts. Yeah. 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 yeah they're going to want, better. they're going to want all the publicity that this podcast provides. Dude, 10,000 downloads a month. That's like four dollars worth of publicity. That's an average of twenty five hundred downloads a, a week. week per week. It is. Yeah. It's nice. How many packages of Tide could you buy for that? Six. Okay. <laughs> All right. We are this this podcast is gonna be like ninety minutes. People are gonna break it into three parts when they listen at work. Um right. we gotta get to this game, gentlemen. I'll be there uh Monday night with the lovely wife. Um, oh my god. It is. Uh, so, Dave, I'll start with you. Uh, give me a score and uh, an MVP uh, if you think the Saints – or MVP or GOAT, I guess, if you think the Saints might lose. Uh, <laughs> the 
I, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a close game. Miami's decent, but I, I don't think, you know, they're no New England Patriots. Uh, they're no Chicago Bears. I think, I think the Saints definitely win, but uh, it'll be. I mean, I think we're just going to wind up seeing more of what we've been seeing. I, I think the defense will keep the score low, so I'll say the Dolphins will. I'll say the Dolphins will get 17, and um, I think they might have a little bit more trouble on offense. So I'm going to go with 21-17. Uh, 21-17 Saints. Um, MVP. That's a tough one. I am going to go, shit, what the hell? I mean, my odds are good. I'm going to go with Jimmy Graham. What the hell? I mean, dude dude is ridiculous. I mean, if, if, if we're being realistic here, the chances are that the real MVP is either going to be Drew Brees or Jimmy Graham. And uh, I'll go, yeah, it'll be Mark Ingram. Uh, no, I'm going to go with uh, Jimmy Graham for sure. He's going to have like another 300 yards and five touchdowns or whatever he does. All right, Kevin? Uh, I'll say... Uh... I'll go 23-17, uh, Saints. Ooh. Uh, repeat of the Falcons score. Yes, uh, I I don't know. I the the Dolphins are the Dolphins are frisky, but they oh, are but but on, frisky. but on but on paper <laughs> on paper they are the easier of the next three opponents. So yes, I think I, I think this this one is is the one that the Saints have got to have got to win. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 God, I, I hate using must win. Such, uh, such confidence in your picks, Kevin. Yeah. Hey, I blurted out twenty three seventeen pretty quick. Yeah. Um, and as for player of the game, fuck it, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go opposite side of the ball, and I'm gonna say Kenny Vaccaro. Yes, sir. Andrew, I say Vaccaro makes a pick in the first half, too. Andrew, you're... Love it. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say the Saints dump truck the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins are due for an ass-beating after <laughs> after starting the season about as perfectly as they could. Look, the Saints haven't even come close to playing their best football yet, and at the level the defense is playing, it's only a matter of time before the offense catches up, and I think it will in this game. So I'm going to say 38-17 Saints, another... Great performance defensively, and I think the offense gets going a little bit. And I'm going to throw out a surprise pick of Kyrie Robinson, yeah, player of the game. It. I was going to do it. The Saints are going. The Saints are going to go up a couple scores early, and so they're going to rely a little bit more on the run game. And Kyrie's going to break a couple long runs, and you'll see in your fantasy leagues. Uh, people make the mad rush to pick him up off the waiver wire. Fuck it, I'm doing it right now. <laughs> You're getting ahead of the curve. Boom. I got to get rid of Dallas's defense anyway, so fuck it. Let's well, just, let's the just Dolphins. No, I mean, I think if you're the Saints, you, I mean, if you're fans of the Saints, we really got to hope that the Saints are able to win this game at home, and then that they can split the next two at Chicago, at New England. If they, I mean, if they go into the bye week, I believe the bye week is after that. So if they go into the bye week at five and one. I think we're all feeling really good. Yeah, I agree. And, and Andrew, I'm going to go uh, – the Dolphins gave up 140 yards rushing to Atlanta, and they did not have Steven Jackson. Um, so the Saints should be able to run the ball against the Dolphins. I'm going to say the Saints are going to drop an ass whooping on the Dolphins because the Saints on Monday night at home under Sean Payton have been spectacular. 
And I think this is the game where the Saints tell America, hey, we're back. And oh, and Sean Payton can do the, oh, by the way, I haven't lost a game as Saints head coach in the regular season since October of 2011. So I'm going to say <laughs> Saints 42, Dolphins 10. And uh, it's going to be a long drive home for me as the wife gives me the silent treat. Well, Ralph, you, you, you watch the Dolphins more than any of us combined. So <laughs> you, you tell you tell me, what should we be worried about? What do the Dolphins do well? Uh Tannehill can move around, and uh, he can th- he can he can move around really well. Uh, Heartline's good. Their defense is good, but they're banged up to hell, and their run stopper is out. Cameron Wake is going to be out. Their number one pick has kind of been a semi flop, so I don't think they're going to be able to pressure Breeze. And I think the Saints are just going to tee off on Tannehill. Because their line sucks balls. I mean, they gave up five sacks against Atlanta. I mean, it was a great comeback by them, and, T- and Tannehill showed a lot of heart fighting back and getting the win. But I just think on the road, with the way they're beat to hell on their lines, it's a bad combination next Monday. Well, the Saints always uh, play big time uh, on prime, in prime time at home. so yeah. I can't even remember the last time they lost a prime time game at home. Oh, shit, I, that's a bad sign though, maybe. But that that's true. I mean, you'd have to look at you'd have to uh look at they might even be they might even be undefeated with Sean Payton at home on Monday night. No. The only, the only no. thing that worries me no, is the Minnesota, Minnesota, oh, Minnesota 08. Yeah. Well, well actually I was going to say they lost to the Cowboys uh in 09. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was a primetime game too. Stop it. Okay. So on that note, wait, 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 wait. We're not getting your wife on here and getting her prediction for the game. Oh yeah, lovely wife. Do you want to come over here and make a prediction for the game? <laughs> she just gave me the stink eye. Aki. <laughs> Aki. <laughs> Lo siento. <laughs> vene, vene. Aki. <laughs> she says she's gonna be sad. How sad? How sad? Give us a score. Uh, come over here and give us a score. <laughs> come over here and put the headset on and give us a score. Ralph's going to get a boner watching his wife in a headset. Ralph, she has to give her prediction in Spanish. Saints win, Dolphins. She's not optimistic. She's not even happy with the 3-0 start. It's not good. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Should I be starting Brian Hartline on my, on my fantasy team? Twenty-four. <laughs> e. She's she's melting down. She just oh, really? she just had a, a hey. she just had a meltdown and 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 ended it with fuck Nick's with fuck Nick Saban. <laughs> hey Kevin, can you hurry up and wash your hands before the end of this podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah actually, yeah, I gotta brush my teeth soon, so come on, so, I gotta yeah, go to bed. We, we gotta get out of here. This this podcast was off the rails, on the rails, and is about the world of war. There, there it is. There it is. There it is. And if and you I'm like, make the sidebar just for Lang's pleasure. Yeah. And if you like to hear Kevin wash his hands, keep donating, and you hear it in crystal clear sound, and we'll get Dave a headset. But how's my audio for the rest of the podcast? Yeah. Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> so, if you donate... Why don't you tell me I fixed it? 
it, it, <laughs> oh, oh yeah, because you've been doing a bang up job fixing that? it up so far. It's, it, it, <laughs> it, it comes in. It's like AM radio. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I feel like a trucker driving along the I-10 at three in the morning, crossing over from uh, Texas to Arizona on WWL. Or from Texas to New Mexico, I'm sorry. I don't get it. I have, like, a microphone, like a USB-specific microphone that I use just for this. Oh. Did you, yeah. did you buy it from a street vendor next to a, uh, a kid tap dancing? No, SB Nation supplied it, and, and I've, I've been using it for all of our previous podcasts, so I don't know what the fuck is going on. I don't know. I think my son has something to do with this. Probably. Uh-oh. I think, I think Uptown Murph sabotaged you. <laughs> Oh man, the personal shots should be a, tomorrow. Tomorrow afternoon should be very fun. Yeah. All right, for for our fearless leader and his uh, child ruined microphone, for Andrew Juge, for Kevin Held, I'm Ralph Marlboro. Uh, until next week, be safe. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we need to end every show with the sound of a coming out of a faucet. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>